Complain. Such an ugly word. Aren't we just speaking up for ourselves? It sounds so much nobler to say that we're protesting injustice rather than just whining. Today's Old Testament and Gospel lessons are full of complaints over leadership, over wages, familiar concerns for anyone watching the news these days. Certainly, there are times when we are required to speak truth to power before anything will change, to say what we need so that we can provide for ourselves and those we love. Silence is not always a virtue. I wonder, though, when courageous speaking up spills over into fruitless, self-focused complaint. How might God help us to know the difference in our own lives and make better use of our time? Perhaps one sign that a legitimate grievance has morphed into whining is when it's misdirected. We see this in Exodus. The people aim their fury at Moses and Aaron, but they're not their true target. They're really mad at God for leading them into the unknown, but they're afraid to say that out loud. If they were thinking rationally, they would realize that Moses and Aaron have nothing to gain from their suffering, that their leaders in this case are just as hungry as they are. They would remember that the Egyptians created the injustice that started this, not Moses and Aaron, and certainly not God. But they're not thinking. They're hot. They're hungry. They're tired, aiming their frustration at those most likely to listen. Maybe that's another sign that we veered into complaint when we blame those closest to us for situations they didn't create and focus on their perceived failures rather than face our own fears squarely. Moses and Aaron, for their part, will not pick up baggage that's not theirs. They make it clear they know whom the people are really angry with and furthermore, that God has seen and heard them. Note that God does not punish the people for their complaining here. Despite its misdirection, they do need food. And fundamentally, it is not wrong to ask for what we truly need. And so God provides. The problem is that we don't always recognize God's provision when it comes. Our hunger and fatigue skew our vision so we can't see clearly what's right in front of us. We're like the people proclaiming, what is it? At the sight of manna, it's not what we expect. So we don't see it for what it is. Daily bread, enough for today. Of course, most of us want more than our daily bread. We want more than today. We want time to plan and prepare for contingencies. We want time to enjoy the fruits of our labor. It's not wrong to want all of these things. It's 
It's just a mistake to expect them as something due to us. This is hard. This is a hard reality to face. Tomorrow is a gift from God and not a guarantee. And when we forget that, it becomes easy to take what we do have for granted and then complain that the gift of life is not what we expect or what we think we deserve. It's part of what's happening in today's gospel. The early laborers are not complaining because the wages promised them are inherently unfair. They were promised the usual daily wage and that's what they get. No, they're complaining because others who didn't work as long as they did received just as much. Perhaps this is yet another warning sign from Jesus this time that we're shifting into complaint. When we start measuring our share of God's bounty against that of others, when honestly, we do have what we need. What do we lose by God being generous with others? Does God really need to play small just because we do? There are, of course, plenty of people who don't have what they need in terms of safety or shelter, nor is there always enough work for those who need it. Those who are hired at the end of the day in today's parable weren't necessarily idle by choice. They just hadn't been hired yet. Things change when they are finally seen and heard, when they have the opportunity to say yes. Perhaps it's only when we allow ourselves to truly see and hear those in need and then give them a chance to contribute in a meaningful way that we realize the real cost of our complaining. It's not just a waste of our God-given time and talent. It's a waste of theirs. So then, how might we make better use of this time? We can start by getting clear on the true sources of our frustration and stop aiming at the wrong targets just because they're within reach. We can pray for that clarity, for that kind of honesty that only comes with humility before God and time. We can then ask our loved ones to help us face our fears and then take our turn and stand by them when they face theirs because we're all going to take a turn at this eventually. We can also remember the good news today. We are all, each and every one of us, seen and heard and loved by God. And because of that, we are stronger and more resilient than we think we are. And then, instead of focusing all our time and energy on what God has not promised, namely tomorrow, we might focus on what is already in our hands today. We can practice being grateful for our daily bread, for whatever health we possess, for whatever is good 
or true or beautiful in our lives. Not merely for their own sakes, but for what they enable us to do. Today's passages do not shame us for asking for what we need, but they do call us to look beyond ourselves and to be prepared to accept those things that we do not expect. We're given gifts so that we can use them and respond, not just gratefully, but generously. In the name of the one whose generosity gives us all that we are and all that we can be. Amen.